Richard Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. At our church, we have people repeat a prayer who want to place their faith in Christ. Jesus did all the hard part. He did everything but pray your prayer. I'm going to ask you just to pray with me right now. Just say these words with me. You can say those words every day for the rest of your life and die and be separated from God. The scripture does not say that Jesus Christ came to the nation of Israel and said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, who would like to ask me into their hearts? It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let's do this, shall we? It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Freel. The mail is here! Ooh, this is Wretched Radio. So grateful you just keep Send in wretched stuff to idea at wretched.org or you send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to 877-282-2337 to the mailbag. We go from Johnny Gravino. I'm sorry. What? That's your job. <laughs> but I just got an email. Okay. And I got to share it because it's encouraging. Okay. If if you see the church in America weakening because, well, uh, on, on the surface, it is. I just read a statistic. 1,500 pastors a month are dropping out. That's just crazy. The current pressures, the, 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 what they're feeling from culture, from inside of the church, 1,500 of them have said adios this month alone. You should be encouraged by this. This is the Masters Academy International in Italy, specifically in the belly of the Roman Catholic beast in Rome. The Masters Academy International. Men from foreign countries, they get trained at the Masters Seminary in Los Angeles. Three, four years they go back home, and what do they do? They take their education with them, and they train other indigenous pastors. And so, if you will, there are many seminaries around the globe, including in Rome. Let's remember, the Lord keeps building his church. So, I, I literally just received this from Johnny Gravino, who's at the Italian Theological Academy. Now, this is what we're up to in the next few months. Shepherding Shepherds, to launch a series of free online seminars, this will provide the opportunity to engage with pastors and grasp the challenges they face in a country like Italy. Counseling conference in late May. They're bringing in a biblical counselor. We'll address practical subjects like anger, fear, depression. In other words, pastors from all over Italy, and there are some, they come to these conferences, they, they get trained at this little mini seminary, and then they go back out with biblical counseling. How cool is that? Evangelism and apologetics. Biblical Studies Certificate. They're doing translation work. Translating. Oh, this is cool. He will reign forever. Michael Vlock, he's a great theologian. They're translate. Oh, preparing for eternity. Mike Gendron. And his bag is actually a critique of the Roman Catholic Church. Counseling by John MacArthur. In other words, there's just a lot of stuff going on overseas. And I bring it up to encourage you and perhaps encourage you to support the Masters Academy International. They're having an impact. You can support pastors internationally. We're going to be doing another Bible distribution program. Can't wait. We sent 10,000 Bibles to the Philippines. We're going to be sending more to an undisclosed part of the world at the moment. All of that with the Masters Academy International. Learn more at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. All right. Well, this first question, what? 
What? I just was wondering if you were going to get your your cue there because I stepped all over you. That's okay. I took it. <laughs> this is from Jacqueline. Todd, at my workplace, as in any, as in many other workplaces, there are people who curse and worse yet, take the yeah. Lord's name in vain. Uh-huh. When they do, it really bothers me. But I'm really not sure what I can do. How 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 do I react to that? Yeah, and the, the, you're not going to feel very satisfied. It depends. It really depends. It depends on your position. It depends on how precarious your position is. It depends on your understanding of what your relationship is with your employer and your fellow workers. Is is a Christian sinning by not correcting blasphemy? Um, I don't think so. Could you? Yes, you could. How might you do that? You could simply address the people that are doing it individually. Hey, friend, first of all, this should always be established with a great relationship. You're the go-to employee. You're the best one. You've always got people. You're the one who brings in a treat. You're the thoughtful one. To be able then to say to a fellow employee, would you mind, you, you probably don't even know that you do this, but I believe in God. And when you use his name like that, it just really, would you be, maybe work on cutting that out of your vernacular? Because it's, 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 it's kind of, it's really hard for me to hear. Thanks a bunch. Here's another cupcake. Uh, that That's how I'd be inclined to deal with it because I get it. In fact, we were just talking about this the other day here. We live a very sheltered existence here at the ministry. Because you don't have that going on here. You don't have the swear word, the F-bomb dropped. So into, I just, mm, okay. So here's how I feel the pain. Mrs. Freel and I are out for a walk. We bump into a couple, probably stop to talk to them because they have a dog. Because we're those people who will pet your dog, whether you want us to or not. And either the man or the woman, they drop the F-bomb. Huh? We're strangers. What do you there's a lady right right here. There's a standing next to me. How do you? And there have been times when I've thought about saying something. Is that a hill to die on? In those types of interactions, no. But will I grab my wife and skedaddle as fast as possible? Absolutely. And if for some reason we were stuck in the conversation, and I've done this before. I remember there was a waiter once. Nice guy at a barbecue place. Jimmy, at that place, you actually think has good barbecue. Uh, well, you, 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 good well, rib, okay. ribs, oh, yeah. ribs. Okay. All right. Ribs. Barbecue purist <laughs> snob. <laughs> exactly. The, this is the, the, the guy was, you know, we're engaging the weights. We always do that. And, and this, this young man was just like dropping them all over the place. And I just said, dude, come here. hey, could you clean up your mouth a little bit? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. So there are times when I think it's appropriate. I, I think it's a subjective sort of affair. But if it's your conscience that's really troubling you, and if it becomes so unbearable, if you can't get it addressed one-on-one, if you can't get it addressed through HR, which you should be able to do, you could consider that to be a hostile work environment that always gets their legal attention. There might be a time, and now I'm just going to pull this back a little bit when it comes to employment scenarios, when you actually have to leave. There might be a culture that is seeping into your pores so persistently that it's actually affecting your walk. And this needs to be done, making this decision about leaving, I think, with other people, not just your family, but others at your church. 
But here's the rule for employment. If, if at the very least, the dynamic between you, the believer, and the fellow workers who are unbelievers isn't neutral at, the, at best, um, in other words, if they're affecting you more than you're affecting them, that might be grounds for you to leave. Now, I would encourage you to shore up some things before you make that decision quickly. Changing jobs is, is not a small thing. How, how are you doing? How's your strength? Are you feeding yourself spiritually? Are you partaking of the means of grace? Get that shorn up because maybe it's not your job as much as your walk that needs some aiding. So examine that and then ask yourself the question, are, are they changing me? Am I starting to swear? Am I starting to blaspheme? Am I starting to think lowly thoughts? Am I willing to kind of let some stuff? Then, oh, that might be a reason for you to consider where it is that you're working. Yep, your walk is more important than your job. Idea at wretched.org. All right, this next question is about work as well. This is from Barbara. Todd, how should married Christians handle work meetings with the opposite sex? Uh. Especially right. lunch meetings that are one-on-one -on -one specifically. <laughs> it seems no one is bothered by these meetings, but my husband and I are. But mm -hmm. we do feel stuck since it's sort of what's typical and expected. Yep. So now you have got pressure from your employer to have that meeting to go out to lunch with. You're in sales. There you are in a restaurant with somebody of the opposite gender. Uh, what What do you do? I, I would I would press toward being more conservative than less more concerned than not. Why do I say not totally? Because I think that there might be some dynamics that can be considered where it would be okay. Not all of them by any means, not anywhere near all of them. But you do need to ask the question in this context, what are people going to perceive? Furthermore, you need to consider danger. And I'm not talking about the male or the female gender. It goes both ways these days that, that an accusation could be made. And if you don't have somebody there, you're in trouble. So wisdom, I think, demands we're mindful of this. And we do everything we can to get out of those one-on-one -on -one opposite gender. Is it sex, gender, whatever, pink and blue, that you, that you strive to not find yourself in those situations. So just practically, just bring somebody in with you. It doesn't matter what gender, as long as there's three there and not two. Bring somebody along, bring the assistant, bring a fellow employee. Uh, make sure that it's in a glass office where people can actually see it. Keep the door open. If you don't mind, can we keep that door open? Thank you. And when if you have to go out, it's a sales call and you're meeting with a client. Uh, I'm not, I, I think that there might be a little flex there, not because you are sinning, not sinning. It's a wisdom issue. That's what this is. It's a wisdom issue. I don't think we can make a law where there is no law. But do everything you can to be mindful of your reputation and be wise for the sake even of personal safety. Yeah, applying that ain't easy, is it? This is Wretched Radio. Record number of children are attending the Tomorrow Clubs in Africa. You should see the videos. Hundreds of kids run to meet at a Tomorrow Club in Africa. Why? Because Tomorrow Clubs, they're weekly kids meeting clubs where the kids, yep, they get some treats. 
but they get the gospel. They get the Bible. They get Bible memorization. Remember, we used to force our kids to do that, but now that we're oppressors, we don't want to be toxic and make our kids memorize Bible verses when it's about a gazillion times easier than when you get old. And they worship the Lord, they pray together, and they get loved on. Tomorrow clubs, I'm telling you, record-breaking. The images are so encouraging, so cool, and I would encourage you to consider being a Tomorrow Club partner. $1 per child per month. Encourage you to please consider supporting the great ministry, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Well, in a world that is undeniably cluttered with quick fixes and superficial solutions, now comes a journey into the heart of real change. I'm talking about Transformed Season 3. It's finally here, and we're inviting you into the lives of individuals that are facing the giants of fear and guilt and grief. But hey, there's a twist. These aren't your typical battles. These battles have been fought with the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith. You'll witness loneliness and overeating and relational tension met with grace, truth, and love that can only come from the one who knows us the best. This season's not just about watching others. It's about seeing yourself and your struggles and the path to true transformation through biblical counseling. We'll together dive deep into the heart of what it means to be transformed. Transformed Season 3 can be found right now at wretched.org slash transformed3. Might I, first of all, thank you for the hundreds of wretches who supported Masters Academy International last year. And if you are now perhaps intrigued by what they do at Masters Academy International, would encourage you to check them out. Yes, we're doing a Bible distribution program with them, but they're training pastors around the globe. Seminary trained students at the Masters Seminary return to their native land and they get plugged into a Master's Academy International mini seminary outlet where they teach indigenous pastors how to rightly divide the word of truth. It's brilliant. And these indigenous pastors trained at the Master's Seminary train indigenous pastors. Brilliant. It is a wonderful ministry and you could be supporting a pastor, you could be supporting a seminary overseas and you'll be strengthening the local church. You can do that at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Important dates in Christian history. 64 AD, after fire ravages Rome, Emperor Nero blames Christians and unleashes the first state-sanctioned persecution of Christians. Roman persecution would continue for 250 years until Emperor Constantine officially recognized and defended Christianity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Oh, Jimmy. Yes? Watch this. This is Wretched Radio. I'm so pleased with myself already. Discussing the dynamics of opposite genders in the workplace. How do you deal with that when it's one-on-one? It was just last week. I don't know if you heard about this, Jimmy. There was a woman here at the ministry that was really instrumental in us finding a new 3PL, a distribution center. Oh, really? And wanted her to check it out. But then we also wanted a male at the office to go, but immediately... All three of us, so the male and the female that had to go to this 3PL to check it out, Mm -hmm. we went, uh uh-oh. So we had a third person come. Right. 
You know who I'm talking about, by the way? Who? Your wife. <laughs> yes, I know. Silly rabbit. Now, here's 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 the seamless tapestry that I'm so pleased with myself about. Do you know what that 3PL is going to be warehousing for us, Jimmy? What's that? You know the answer to that question. What time is purple? Uh, that's right. Silly rabbit. This is the first day that we are announcing the return of our evangelistic booklet, What Time is Purple? You, you have already given away a million copies. We did it, I think, about two years ago, maybe three years ago. It's a really powerful evangelistic booklet. It's really well done. There are illustrations, and it 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 just has been very impactful in distributing this distribute distribute distributing uh, potato potato whatever <laughs> distributing this booklet to people who are getting saved from it. And we've given away a million copies together. We'll send them to you for free. So it's the return of purple. They're going to be stored in our new 3PL, not too far from us here. And we will send them to you even if you are not in America. This is the first time that we've done this. We are we're going to have these printed on April 5th. In the meantime, if you are a ministry, you're a church, you're an individual who can give away this gospel booklet, we will send it to you wherever you are. It is in English, so obviously you want to make sure that the people you give it to are English speakers. So if you're in a country where that is a language that most people speak, we'll send it to you. I'm not kidding. We'll send you a half a pallet, it's about 5,000 copies, or a full pallet, 10,000 copies. Now, here's the only string. You have to promise to give them away. You do that, we'll send them to you. And that means shipping. That means ground transportation from the port to your person. You'll get them at your church or at your ministry or at your home. The ministry, this ministry pays for that. Why? Well, that's what we do. We, we want the gospel to go forward. And this is the first time we've been able to do it internationally, but you got to do it now. Order them now, wretched.org slash purple, because after we ship them from printing, then we're only going to be doing this distribution in the U.S. of A. So whether you are in America, you're outside of America, order now. Thousands of people have participated in this. In fact, how many thousands of how many thousands of people, Todd? How many thousands? Thank you. Too late for that. <laughs> At least 8,000 people have given away the booklets that we provided. It's been What Time is Purple? It was Solving the God Puzzle. It was the biggest question. Well, we've given away 3 million gospel booklets and DVDs. And when I say we, I mean you and us, because you're the hands and feet that give them away. So if you would like purple... Please visit wretched.org slash purple pre-order. You'll probably get them eh, maybe late April, May. You'll you'll be receiving them. Give them away around the globe. See what I did there, Jimmy? I do. I just from the from the thing to the, thing, that's to the deal that we wanted. I'm really excited about purple. And I'm so excited that we get to do this internationally. I I I don't know why. I can't tell you why, but it's just it's nice knowing that there's a global church out there of people who want to see other people enjoy the love of God in Christ Jesus. Wretched.org slash purple and keep sending stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right. This question is from Laura. Todd, I'm engaged to a Christian man, but I earn about double what he does. 
When talking mm-hmm. about things in the future, he's not very open to the idea of staying home and raising our kids. Right. He believes it's the man's role to provide. Mm-hmm. Is there any biblical basis for the man being the breadwinner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that. You. This is peer pressure. This is worldly pressure. This. I get. I totally get it. So you've got the woman who biblically is is the is the home. The man historically and biblically. Work now that that doesn't mean that there's no intersection. It doesn't mean that there isn't any overlap. That used to be much more the case. Was just reading Nancy Piercy again, and an article just talking about how men are so degraded in our society, and talking. She used an example of like some six year old kid at the school was considered toxic because of what he said, and it's like a six year old boy is now a toxic male. How did this happen? Well. Now, for two centuries, we've been moving toward a dynamic inside of the family that that has caused a diminishing of the appreciation for the masculine contribution to the home. It's interesting. Do you know who in the, the largest hurdle for the suffragette movement was when it came to giving the woman the vote? It, it, it wasn't men who were opposed to that as much as women. Wait, what? Why would women want want women? Because they saw that it has a dynamic and that it changes the family structure to a more autonomous type of dynamic. In other words, when it used to be, now, look, I'm not saying right, wrong, or indifferent. We're just citing history here. The man voted basically for the wife and the kids as, as a federal head of the family, representing the family now, husband and wife can vote. The teenagers that are 18, they can vote. So everybody can vote any way that they want to. And they identified, hey, that's just, that's not the best glue for society. Autonomy is not nearly as crucial for societal flourishing as family. And since the Industrial Revolution, we'll call it a you know, 1700s, into the 1800s, even into the early 1900s, as the Industrial Revolution took men out of the home, the view of man has increasingly been diminished. The, we don't need husbands. Our kids don't need fathers. Are you kidding me? Just turn that around. Our kids don't need mothers. They don't need women. And they're just absolutely ridiculous. But that is the zeitgeist of our society. So we need to feel that. Furthermore, there's other pressures that are involved. She, I'm, we'll, we'll move it away from this particular couple. The woman, she has a double degree. She's master's in whatever it is. And he's not. And she just, she put in more time but maybe accrued more student debt and has the ability to be a high income earner versus him. What do you do with that? And the answer is we need to recognize we all feel that. And just to say, well, doesn't matter. Genesis 2. We got to be, I think, a little bit more thoughtful than that. It's like, yeah, they, they could have more stuff. So how do we flip the coin on this? And the answer is, as it always is, the Bible And so we see in the Bible right away in Genesis chapter 2, you've got a hard one, you've got a soft one. The man is the muscular one, the strong one, the laborer one. The woman is the nurturer. And we see that when God describes the effects of the fall. Sir, you're going to work in its thorns and thistles. Madam, 
you're you're going to be having power struggles in the home because you're not going to want to play that role. We see that dynamic set up immediately, and then we see that in Jewish society all throughout the Bible. Now, was there abuse in it? Yes, there were bad patriarchal dudes who used their authority as the spiritual head uh, to be, well, abusive in whatever manifestation that presented itself. They, they were They were abusive, right. But the biblical pattern that we see established is Dad typically is the one who protects and provides. Doesn't mean the woman doesn't work. Proverbs 31 makes that clear. See, that's the problem with living in the society that we're in and the way that industry works. We're, we have to go out there. Before, it used to be we're in here together as a family. We're running the family farm, the family industry, the family shop. We're doing this together. So dad was taking care of the kids and working. Mom was taking care of the kids and working. And there was probably a little bit more of a balance, but it's still tipped toward the woman being the nurturer. We see that in Titus chapter 2. And we see that men are the ones in 1 Peter 2 who put their armor on the woman in a protective stance. We've got roles and they've been defined by God. And we need to submit to those. And to do it coldly, I think, is to not be very thoughtful or at least pastoral. To recognize, yeah, that's, that is, yep, that is a sacrifice. You're right. But here's, here's the promise. When we do things God's way, he blesses that. And it might not be with more square footage. It might not be with fancier food or luxury trips. But he'll bless you in more profound ways. In fact, I would even suggest to you, when you have the opportunity to make more and you say, we're going to reject that because we've got to do this God's way, I think that there's eternal rewards that are being stored up for you because you're showing yourself to say, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to listen to society bark. I'm not going to listen to my personal preferences. I'm going to submit to the Lord because he's already made this decision and it will always be best. Your family will flourish more when you do it God's way, guaranteed. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks. Well, both Walgreens and CVS, the two largest pharmacy chains in the U.S., have both announced they plan to resume the sale of abortion pills, a move that will undoubtedly end countless innocent lives. On the sports front, a private Christian school in Vermont that we've told you about found itself at odds with the state after withdrawing from a girls' basketball tournament due to concerns over a biological male player on the opposing team. The school's decision to prioritize the safety and well-being of its female athletes resulted in a pretty harsh penalty by the Vermont Principals Association, which is leading to a legal battle over religious discrimination. And in some news that will come as no surprise, Whoopi Goldberg made recent comments about the Supreme Court's handling of a case involving former President Donald Trump. She criticized the court for upholding due process. In case you didn't know, you probably did, but that's the term for fair treatment in the judicial system. So she criticizes the Supreme Court for fair treatment in someone's legal case. I wonder how she'd feel if the shoe were on the other foot. I'd venture to say she wouldn't like it too much. And in Utah now, a case of an illegal immigrant who has been charged with raping an 11-year-old girl. And of course, that's caused outrage and renewed concerns about the lax immigration policies. Anybody with any common sense saw this coming, and there are going to be more and more instances unless something is done. And I'm afraid maybe it's, and I'm not real sure if it's not already too far gone, unfortunately. 
And a heartbreaking incident now overseas where a deadly attack on a church in Burkina Faso has claimed the lives of at least 15 Christians, which just adds to the ongoing violence against persecuted believers in that area. As we tell you so frequently here at Wretched, please make sure you're continuing to pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation means a wrath-removing sacrifice. Jesus bore God's wrath on our behalf. And in return, we receive his righteous standing before God the Father. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Purple, get your purple here. This is Wretched Radio. If you would like to distribute what time is purple, order now. No matter where you live, we will ship them to you around the globe. Please note, if you're international, not in the U.S. of A, half a pallet. Full pallet, 5,000, 10,000 copies. If you promise to give them away, they will be at your doorstep, courtesy of our gospel partners. That's right. You do the legwork. We'll provide the materials for free internationally to English speakers because that's the language of what time is purple. You can order your copies whether you're in the good old U.S. of A. or not right now at wretched.org slash purple. And as long as you're at the internet, send stuff to idea at wretched.org. All right, this next question is from Danielle. Um, So, Todd, there's a woman in my life who I know has feelings for me. Her faith goes up and down, but she's kind of, but she's kind and considerate. And one of the big issues is I don't reciprocate feelings. And I'm not feeling, one of the biggest reasons why I don't reciprocate feelings is I'm not physically attracted to her. Wait a second. The name of the person writing the, I thought you said Danielle. I did. I did. It's a male. It's a guy. Daniel. Maybe that's it. Uh, D-A-A-N-Y-E-L. It's, so. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. That's why what I said. What is that? Danielle. That's what I. Is that maybe African? It could be. All right. It so could Dan, be. Okay. So we're talking about a dude. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a woman who's showing interest in him. Correct. But he ain't got that love and feeling. Right. He knows she's kind. She's considerate. Uh, but he doesn't reciprocate those feelings. He's not physically attracted to her. And he's wondering if he's in sin for not pursuing the relationship solely for that reason. This is a subjective and an objective issue. It's both simultaneously, which kind of puts it in that category of wisdom. What are some of the objective issues to be considered when choosing or pursuing a spouse? Is the individual saved? Non-negotiable. That's objective. They've got to be a believer. But let's keep working that out a little bit. What are the things that make for a good spouse? Well, we go to the Bible. Are they godly? Do they love the Lord more than they love you? Do they desire to be involved in the local church? Do they study the word? Are they hardworking? I'm not, doesn't matter what gender, we are the hardworking people, whether at home or abroad, we work hard. And so I find all of those criteria and I go, those are objective. Those are objective. So what's subjective? Well, there's a list there too. One, how do they look? Now, is that a biblical mandate? You've got to find somebody who on the scale of a one to 10 is at least a seven? Absolutely not. 
fact, just the opposite. You, you would, you, if you're looking for descriptors of what makes for a great spouse, you're going to find them in that objective category. But having said that, I don't think that we can say it is only the objective things, the boxes that need to be checked, are the qualifications of what makes somebody a great spouse. There are some subjective issues and emotions and preferences that do not have as much weight, but they don't have no weight. That's right. That was the worst grammar ever. It, it's not that, they're, that, that they, they have no meaning or significance. It is just plain wrong to say, hey, marriage isn't about being attracted to somebody. Oh, okay. And you could find cultures and times even in Western history where that didn't matter. It was arranged. You're marrying that one because family dynamics, sometimes for some families, it was about wealth. It was about connections, relations, the business dealings. All of those things were brought in and people were put together, whether they were excited about it or not, because marriage for some was simply about an arrangement that was good for the family. And that was the criteria. So you're going to marry him. Well, I, I don't think that she's attractive. What does that have to do with it? These are our criteria. Get married. Okay, well, we've got biblical criteria. So to marry somebody who doesn't have those biblical objective characteristics that are indicative of a good spouse, um, that would be foolish to ignore those. Some of them would be sin issues. Others, maybe not as much because it's a little bit subjective, but that's foolishness to reject that. But now when we go over to the subjective stuff, at least in our era, we can say, well, we don't do arranged marriages. I'm not saying that those are necessarily wrong. We see them in the Bible, but that's that's not the mandated method for connecting people to say till death do them part. Things like physical attraction. There can be things like activities. You know, I, I, I really like horseback riding and she's terrified of animals. I like a dog. She likes cat. Okay, there, there's some of those things. They're, they don't have as much weight. But here's one that, that maybe has a little more weight. Sexual attraction. It's a part of marriage. To protect, it's, it's ludicrous, I think, to say, well, you get married because that's, hey, like uh, your, your, your romantic feelings. That's not like a biblical thing you're after. I would say, hold on, are you so sure about that? Because uh, conjugal relations, uh, they have everything to do with feelings and emotions. Yes, they're theological, but they also have a lot to do with pleasure and two people becoming one in a very intimate way. And we do have drives and we do have desires. And to suggest that those shouldn't be considered at all, I, 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 I don't think that's wise. Because it's a component. It's a part. So, to the fellow who is recognizing a woman has interest in him, but he doesn't have that desire, what would I recommend? I would recommend you find some older men in your congregation to talk to them about it. You say, well, just tell me what you think. I can't do that. There's too many details. I could say everything from, look, if you don't feel that way and that's important to you, then you know, just make it clear in a gentlemanly kind of way, not interested. Or I could go the other way and say, hey, look, dude, you know, that could grow. That could change. So just start pursuing her. Um, that would be unwise of me from here, especially if he's in Africa and he's there. 
There's a ton of other considerations involved in that zip code versus mine. And that is why I would say find an older gentleman who can help you sort through this because he might, based on all of the questions and answers that are exchanged between you, he would say, you know, here's what I'm hearing, dude. I'm thinking this is probably not wise. Or he might say, here's something that you could do. Why don't you express to her, hey, perhaps we could start spending some time together in a very non-romantic kind of way and just to see how we would feel about each other after we maybe spend some time together in safe environments. And you can see how it might change. It might change. I have a very dear friend and that changed for him. I, uh, there, was, there was a woman we all knew. She's the one, dude. And he was like, I don't know why. It's more like she's my sister. And that's just, I can't get over that. Okay. Can't get over it. But it changed. Now they're married happily, got a great family. It changed. And so I don't think the right answer is this or that. I think it's a wisdom issue. And the best place to find that is in the council of your local church. You say, I don't want people in my mess. That's a mistake. That is just flat out a mistake, especially if you're younger. I'm going to actually turn the corner here a little bit and know your parents didn't call me. You don't want to talk to your parents about it for whatever reason, whatever, whatever it is. Hey, it's likely you're being foolish. Well, if I tell them it'll hurt their feelings, you're probably being foolish. Well, they told me not to and I did it. So now I don't want to tell them you're being foolish. Well, they've given some bad advice in the past. You're being foolish. Find older people, particularly your parents, and get them engaged in your mess. You will make wiser decisions. And then you can send stuff to ideawretched.org or text 877-282-2337. All right, this is from Emily. Todd, as someone who deals with chronic illness, I'm on a medication to regulate my medical condition and pain management yep. when my condition's not under control. Yep. Given what the Bible says about sobriety, how do we reconcile pain management with Scripture? Yep, yep. I, 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 it's a, it's a great question, and my suspicion for this woman is she's concerned. Hey, it maybe makes me a little cloudy, or it, it gives me a bit of a drunk feeling, and she is wise to ask the question. Okay, is this correct? It's wise. So, so how do you sort it? I think we recognize that medicine is a blessing. I think we recognize God, His. His delight is not in you feeling pain. And it is okay to avail ourselves of medication. You got a headache, take a Tylenol, take an ad, whatever it is that helps you. And you shouldn't feel bad about that. That's a blessing. We should thank God even as we're opening up that bottle. And please, if you happen to work for a drug company, can you just help us a little bit with the safety things getting into it? Okay. You shouldn't have to have some like criminal degree in order to break into the medication that's prescribed. You can avail yourself of those things and it's okay, but it, it makes me feel a little bit loopy. Well, then even with help from other people, you need to kind of find a balance and a right. It could be that it just makes you too dopey and then maybe you could live with a degree of pain so that you are sober minded and on the alert. But if the pain is of the kind that it just, it requires medication, and if you can't find any alternative that doesn't make you a little bit loopy, I would simply say, I just don't think you're sinning by using medication to relieve the pain. This is Wretched Radio. 
Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know, being a part of the Wretched family without even realizing it, you have become an unofficial encourager. When you listen to and you share our posts on social media and YouTube, you're actually encouraging not just us, but the other people that you're in connection with. So you are an unofficial encourager. We want to talk about upgrading that role from encourager to actually a frontline partner. And so I'm inviting you to become an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Think about it. Imagine with your support we could reach not just millions, but gazillions. All right, maybe not gazillions, but a lot of souls all over the world with the life-changing gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are not in place in your life right now where you can do that, understand that we are still so appreciative of all of your encouragement. Wretched.org slash donate. That's where you'll find all of the answers to all of the questions that you possibly would ever have about becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Who will speak for those who are staggering to the slaughter? Seems like right now would be a good time to encourage you to support Preborn Ministries. They're in it. It's a little complex out there with the internet and ordering pills. They're in the game. They're working hard to save babies and save mommies and daddies with the gospel. So if you are energized about life, that's something you can do. You can support Preborn. They provide free ultrasounds despite the accusations of all pro-life clinics. They are holistic. They do care about the mommy too. And they care for the family and they provide training. And it is literally a way that if you have the means, you can be saving a life. Amazing ministry. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. All right, all of you mission-minded and kind-hearted souls out there, the What Time is Purple giveaway is back. And it's more than a giveaway. It's actually a movement, and it's gaining tons of momentum. If you remember just a couple of years ago, we distributed a million copies of What Time is Purple, and with your help, we can reach one million more. This powerful evangelistic booklet is your tool to help inspire and to engage and to connect with people, unbelievers all over the world. And the best part, we're sending them to you absolutely free. All you have to do is promise to pass them out. To our international friends all over the globe, we're equipped to send pallets and half pallets your way, but you have to place your pre-orders by April 1st to be a part of the worldwide wave, and booklets will head your way beginning in May. And those of you domestically here in the good old US of A, seize this opportunity. Cases, half pallets, or full pallets are ready to be ordered. Go to wretched.org purple right now, and let's cover the world in purple again. Hermeneutics A vital part of biblical hermeneutics is an understanding of genre. One genre we find in scripture is poetry. Poetry relies on imaginative and figurative language to expand on a theme, examine emotions, and reflect on who God is and what He has done. God's timeless truth is written down by biographers and artists alike. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. If you were planning on watching Mary Poppins this weekend, forget about it. This is Wretched Radio. If you didn't send stories like this to idea at wretched.org, I could not inform you that you're putting your children in danger by letting them watch Mary Poppins. Why? In the UK, they decided to change the age rating for Mary Poppins. It has discriminatory language. 
So in the UK, they're changing it from U-rated, much as like a G rating, to PG. Why? Because one of the characters, <laughs> Jimmy, if I called you a Hottentot, would you be offended? No, I wouldn't know what it meant. Exactly. <laughs> because it's a term that was used about 100 years ago. And I'm not saying it was a good term, but the Oxford Dingle Dic Dictionary, English Dictionary, says the term referred to the Khoi Khoi and sand people is generally considered both archaic and offensive. And one of the characters who's kind of that eccentric admiral in Mary Poppins uses that term twice. Therefore, this 100-year-old term that nobody knows about makes Mary Poppins no longer G-rated. You're welcome. Now you know. <laughs> really? It'd be like, like, like somebody in a movie said discovered that that the word I don't chicken but 300 years ago there were some people in a particular area that was a really bad word yeah and it's not anymore please continue to send stuff to idea at wretched.org well let's stay in that lane uh when it comes to entertainment this is a text that came in from Anonymous. Uh, Todd, when it comes to entertainment, how do I navigate what is right or wrong for me and my wife? There are certain shows that we can watch together, but then there are those I believe cause me to stumble. They contain immodesty and things of that nature that don't necessarily bother her. Mm -hmm. Would it be okay for her to watch those shows alone, or does it affect us as a couple since we are one? Here's rule number one. Do not watch Mary Poppins. Rule number two <laughs> is that you work through this together and it is a corporate and yet it is an individual issue because you need to watch your walk. And so we get our cue when it comes to visual um, imaginations that are triggered by looking at something. You, you got to run from those. You flee like Joseph. You run away. You make a covenant with your eyes. I'm just not going to look upon it. You do radical amputation. You stop doing it. And you can explain that to your wife and just say, honey, I want to honor you. Here's the deal. And it's not because I have a desire for any other woman than you, but it's just it. those images, they just, sorry to use the word, trigger something. And I don't want that to happen because I honor you and I love you too much. So do you mind if we pass on some of these? I know they don't bother you. And the woman, the wife should be able to go, oh, thank you for honoring me. I'll give that up with you. Or she can watch it separately if she chooses. But with the consideration of one another and our walk as being way more important than entertainment, uh, we should strive to stay away from that stuff. Just stay away. And it's going to become increasingly difficult. We will soon be like Europe. I remember a number of years ago, I can't, eh, probably at least 20 years ago, we were in Europe and the TV was on and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. is that the porn channel? Oh, no, it's just a TV show. Oh, it's just a commercial. We're going to get there. It's going to get harder and harder. And Jesus tells us, cut off a hand, pluck out an eye. Don't expose yourself to it. If it's going to lead you into temptation, then wisdom says, be like Joseph and flee. Send stuff then to idea at wretched.org or text 877-282-2337. And this is a text I'm not quite sure how I feel about right this moment. But serious question for Todd. Are church signs or dad jokes worse for you? For me? Yes. Ooh, church signs. <laughs> okay, thank you. For sure, church signs. Um, Ray Comfort mm -hmm. just sent me a church sign. And it said, by the, you won't be shocked. 
it was the Reverend Dr. Melissa Johnson or something was the <laughs> pastrix at the church. But it said, it's it's amazing to me how similar. Ah, ah, it was a pun about French fries. <laughs> um, extra, uh, extra, 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 free will hit yourself in the head. It's amazing to me how similar the word like exercise. Oh, exercise sounds like extra fries. <laughs> okay, it is. Okay, funny. On a church sign. Is it a sin? No. Is it a wasted opportunity? Yeah. Uh, does does the effort to make us look like, hey, we're just funny people here. First of all, what if people don't like the joke? What if somebody's on a diet and they're just plain crabby? What if somebody's on their way to the oncology division to get their tumor dealt with? Yeah. So for my money, dad jokes, they're just lame. <laughs> <laughs> but church signs mm. shouldn't be lame. Yeah. There's such an opportunity. Jimmy, by the way, mm-hmm. however, I didn't send this to you. I also received an email from somebody regarding dad jokes. They love him. They love them indeed. Oh, Would you didn't... like to hear some of these dad jokes? Oh, they gave you some. They gave me a bunch here. This came in from Greg and Joan. Two Thanks. fish are in a tank. One turns to the other and asks, how do you drive this thing? Tank. <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. A photon is asked at an airport security if it has any luggage. The photon says, no, I'm traveling light. <laughs> which I actually didn't know that's what a photon is until this dad joke. Did you hear about the two men who stole a calendar? Yeah, they each got six months. They each got six months. Dad jokes. (laughs) Not as bad as pathetic church signs. Idea at wretched.org. All righty. Well, this is from Nate. Todd, I've been very put off and uncomfortable with the cultural suggestion that men need to be very vulnerable, share their feelings, and talk in a soft, peaceful tone. My general disposition is that men ought to focus on their duties and perform without grumbling. Men should lead with strength and courage, and that men can confide in one another without frivolous talk about feelings. Any Are my inclinations on this correct and biblical? Some of it is so cultural. It just is. Furthermore, I, I think if we do a deeper dive into the word meekness, I think both sides of, of this perspective would be satisfied. Jesus called himself meek and gentle. Was he a sissy boy? No, he wasn't. So what did it mean by being meek and gentle? That he only spoke to people in hushed tones and asked, how does it feel? Because I'm feeling a little sad today and and needy, and I just don't know that I have the bandwidth or the space to deal with this toxic. No, that's not what he did. He was strong. It's just under control. That's all. It's under control. And, And I think where we get into a little bit of hot water is when we draw some really strict boundaries. So, for instance... Uh, This fellow said something about frivolous feelings. Well, hold on a second. All feelings are not frivolous. In fact, I would argue a man who doesn't cry at the death of a loved one. Now, I, I wouldn't say it's always a sin because you might have somebody with emotional issues or history or whatever it is. But as a rule, that's worth crying about. Jesus wept, let us not forget, over the death of a loved one. It just... It, it, it's that we don't we don't express them in a sissified, soft. I don't know if I can even cope with it. 
That's that's not the attitude. Now, can a man have a weak moment and express that? Sure, of course he can. But a, a male perspective doesn't mean that we don't have any emotions. It doesn't mean that we're never tender. Now, I know what you're after, though, sir. It's this caricature that the feminists are trying to create out of every single male that we can't do. Don't don't even go to the gym. That's what toxic men do. Okay, then no. No, this athletics and football and wrestling. Yeah, you're going to have to get used to it because that's that's what guys do, and they compete in that manner. So I know what I know what you're talking about, but I I think we need to be careful that we don't ricochet into another ditch. I'm just hey, we're the men. Yes, the dog just got ran over, but I don't care. I'm a man. We're going to the pound to pick up a new one. Let's go, kids. Get in the van and quit your whining. Okay, that ain't right either. So what is this issue? I think we need to be mindful also that there are biblical descriptors of masculinity. We need to remember internal masculinity, much more important than external, but that doesn't mean that there aren't external markers of masculinity, including muscle mass. Doesn't mean you're not a man if you're not bulked up, but there are external markers. Third category would be culture. Culture, especially when it comes to clothing, some behaviors, uh, they've kind of got a norm, and I want to operate inside of that norm as long as it doesn't override biblical principles and internal masculinity. So I need to kind of put all of there. They're all there. I'm aware of all of those things, and I'm working it out. And it's going to express itself differently based on who you are and the way that God has made you. And we want to make sure that we don't create a caricature in response to a caricature that they're trying to create out of us. How do you do that? How do you do that? You need your local church. Is this like the 10th time today? I'm just feeling like a clanging gong here and repeating. You need other dudes and you need a mixture of them probably so that they can say, um, bro, you're acting kind of like a sissy right now. You need that. Uh, and, and, and other times you might need a friend to go, dude, why are you bottling that up, man? That ain't right. Why are you talking like that? In other words, to be biblical men, we need one another. And until tomorrow, go serve your king.